1: Uh, rugby Australia went down to 40-6 to six overnight to the Wales. Uh, we beat Georgia and we lost to Fiji. We'd never... I think it's like 60 years or whatever since we lost to Fiji or something. Granted, Fiji have a quite a good side. I just wanted to talk quickly about this uh, because it is, you know, Australia and sport. And I'm actually of the mind that I like when rugby's going well in this country. I'm not a, a zero-sum guy where I'm like, yeah, screw rugby. We don't want it to go well. Obviously, I always want NRL to go better, but I like rugby to go well. Um did you guys get a chance to cover, like, go over this game at all or the, the yarn around it? Because there's a lot of yarn around it that I would love to talk about.
2: Yeah, a little bit. I, I went to school with a lot of guys that play union and got a lot of mates that are very keen union fans. And it's. Uh, <laughs> group chats were pretty grim this morning. Did Wales score or was it 13 penalty goals? <laughs> they scored three tries. Did for they? 40 points. So Jeez. there was a number of penalty goals in That's there. That's all right. Take three.
1: Yeah. Three's a big game. Mm. A I lot like yeah. real. I like real stuff. Um, I want to talk about the Eddie Jones situation, though. So he hasn't denied that he spoke to Japan before the World Cup. And uh, the, so the report from Sydney Morning Herald was that he had an interview with Japan before the World Cup. So, I don't know, two weeks, whatever it is, just close to before the World Cup started. Now, he has come out and said, basically, in, when he gets asked that question, he said, I can't believe you're um, questioning my commitment to Australia and I've worked tirelessly to make this happen. But I have to say, first of all, I'm getting conspiracy-minded again. But I feel like, and look, if you are a rugby league savant, tune out of the podcast right now because I don't know shit about rugby. This is just a random league fan's opinion. It doesn't hold any weight whatsoever. But as an Australia fan, I kind of feel like Eddie Jones, it seems like he's almost setting the situation up to get sacked so that he can go and coach Japan because – after the last game, he was like, "Yeah, we'll get reviewed. And if Australia don't want, you know, if Australia don't want me to be coach, then blah blah." And I just—that's not the chat I want to hear about a guy that only two weeks ago was talking about picking all the young players because he was building towards a future. I, I just—it seems weird that this got leaked as well because who knew about? If if it's true that he did get interviewed, there's only two people that really knew about it. And why would Japan leak that a couple of weeks before? Like, so I get I. I Get, I put my tinfoil hat on and I go, did Eddie's team leak that? Like Again, I have no evidence at all for that, but I just don't like the fact that an Australian coach that before the World Cup was talking about rebuilding everything, now it's getting revealed that he may have been talking to another country about coaching them, and after they lose, he's going, well, if we get reviewed and they don't want me here, I won't be here. It's like, is that what a bloke should be saying that's apparently building the next generation of rugby players?
2: Yeah, the last uh, last six weeks from Eddie has been uh, very cowboy. It's been well, wild to watch.
1: It. I said on the Morning Glory with Maddie Johns a few weeks ago, so this isn't hindsight hero. I said, Is everyone getting hoodwinked by the mystique around Eddie Jones? This whole, he's got a plan. He's this, you know, quirky genius that has a plan. I, I didn't I didn't buy into it. Mm. And the whole, you know, the press conference about, oh, you know, you journos don't want us to win, rah-like rah, I felt like that was just all misdirection or misdirection to create this in, this environment that like oh he's got something up his sleeve he's got something up his sleeve, but we've been not good for a while for a long time now. In Australia, of course, the players on the field have to take responsibility. Of course they do. But if you listen to this podcast for any long period of time, how often do we talk about if something isn't run well? Doesn't matter what players you have in place. These players have been let down in my opinion. Not picking leaders in that squad to go over there and help them out. They're not. They're absolutely not in the best environment. I think huge sweeping changes need to happen to Australia Rugby uh, Union. And I think that, unfortunately, it looks like Eddie Jones isn't going to be there for the long run. And also, it's getting to the point where,
2: can you trust that he's making the right calls for the long run? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, well, we've got a Rugby Union World Cup here in four years. Mm. And we've got yeah. to somehow sort out 20 years of shitfuckery in four years. And I've got no idea yeah. how we're going to do it. Timmy, and
0: Uh, On the immediate situation Not really I'd be lying if I said I'd followed the World Cup closely You know Track the Wallabies results Mm -hmm. of course But And I'm a bit like you Kempe I don't hold a a big spot in my heart Or interest for rugby The last sort of Half a decade But You know I've played Union i played a game of Union this season And played a little bit growing up And supported a little bit When I was younger And I I just think In terms of the big picture You know I've still got mates who like Union And people who do follow it very closely in terms of Australian rugby, they're just in such a difficult position because the rugby Australia are competing with rugby league. They're competing <coughs> with Aussie rules. And because they're national games where they can tweak rules to to the appetite of the fans and what the fans want, it puts me in a great position to adapt. Rugby Union Australia cannot do that because everything's dictated by the ARU, the international game, and Rugby Union is so successful overseas, internationally, Australia can't just change rules around here to suit us and to suit what the fans want and compete with Rugby League and Aussie rules because it's such big international success. So, you know, Australian footy fans want running rugby, exciting points, that sort of stuff. They can't change anything. Because if they do that domestically, well, then they're going to be screwed when it comes to the international stage. But... I'd, I don't see the way out of this really. But again, there's people from a hell of a lot more qualified to talk about than I am. Mm. But that's just a, a glaring
2: issue that I think is pretty hard to ignore. Yeah, I remember like when, when I was a teenager, when I was a kid, like all the, all the good rugby league players that were my age or around about my age, they would all go to Matcherville Sports High or Endeavour High or one of those schools around here. Mate, you watch all these kids now that are coming through for the Roosters, for South. They're all getting put into these private schools now. Mm. Like it used to be a big thing, the Roosters had taken them away from the private schools, for example, and send them to Mato Sports, same as South Sydney. Whereas now, and this is obviously the small circle I live in in Sydney, mm. but you look at all these guys that are now starting to the debut, they're all coming from Waverley, Scots, mm. Newington. So you've got in Sydney at least which is all I can talk about, is the, the competition down here. You go and watch these first fifteen teams and all the best players are, are league players. Mm. they're all signed up to league players and the league clubs know they're going to get in less trouble if they're at a private school Mm. so they put them in there so you like you you get all the foundations just get pulled from under them by the time they get there (coughs) and now we're here at a world cup and everyone's going okay well you need to go sign all the rugby league players yeah Yeah. okay band-aid it's not going to solve the problems no not at all it's it's tough it's like the shoot shield
0: gets mad crowds and and awesome support and there's plenty of points scored the grassroots numbers in, in rugby union particularly in sort of Sydney as an example there are a lot of numbers a lot of people still playing and they're quite good but it's just not filtering through to the mm. top is it
1: I, I think that and then as you know we've made extremely clear guys we don't know anywhere near as much about rugby union so we are happy to be wrong but I think radical decisions have to be made this one foot in one foot out tiptoeing I don't know if it's the right direction going forward for example and please guys this is probably the dumbest thing ever said Is there a chance or a world or an idea where we could go okay maybe we do make rugby union more exciting in australia to get the participation in professional rugby union more so maybe there are some slight rule changes to international rugby union yes we will get towed up as international like australia will get towed up but the thing is we already suck (laughs) you know what i mean we're already that's not i'm not trying to be disrespectful to players as i said I don't think it's the players' fault. I think it's the system that's been created. I think that there are talented guys there that are just in poor systems. But are we not already not good? So why not take the longer approach of, let's build the game back up in Australia, take some hits internationally, for hopefully in the long run the game actually survives? Because right now we're, we're dwindling down to a game literally not surviving in the yeah. country, which I know it sounds hyperbolic, but right now... The professional rugby union in Australia, it's not even close to financially viable. It's happened
0: very quickly as well because mm. 10, probably more 15, 20 years ago, I suppose, actually, it was thriving. And like The super rugby was huge, the support for Brumbies, the Waratahs, all that. It was big, so it's happened quickly. It
1: happened really quickly. Like I, I wasn't even a, a league <coughs> fan or a union fan, but I remember all the big stars from Wallabies when mm. I was younger. Mm. And I understand that's when we had a success. Anyway, we'll, we'll move on from it, um, guys. I just want to be really clear, though, like, we aren't experts in this, so please, matter of fact, please educate us in the comments section of what you think the right decisions are going forward. Um, but it is looking super, super dire. We are we're in like the last gas, honestly.
2: Well, when you can compare it to the feeling around 2003 when we last had the World Cup, here, like, I'm not a huge union person myself, but that was unbelievably good. Yeah. It yeah. was such a good time. It was like the Olympics all over again. It was great. The height was incredible around it. You know
1: what's crazy? I would love to get the – and I know it's different time slots. I would love to get the ratings for the Matildas compared to the ratings for the the Rugby Union Australian side. And I know that the Matildas obviously would be way bigger. It was a home World Cup final, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. But to show you how dire the situation is right now.
2: Yeah, I don't think the Wallabies would want to see those numbers.
1: You know, that's dire, dire. And and also, who gets more funding – the women's soccer or rugby union? You'd have to assume rugby union died, don't they? And yet they've managed to manage to capture the imagination. Now I, I, I get it, guys. It's not apples to apples. It's it's very different. But there is some merit in the there is some merit there where you go. If the Matildas can do what they're doing, why are we going so far, so quickly backwards, so yeah, so quickly? Um, yeah. And I mean,
2: like you know, I've I've been sitting here for the last few years thinking, geez, we're gonna lose so many league players to this World Cup. <laughs> Are we? Are the players going to
1: go? Hot take, hot take. I think there's a chance that Suali'i doesn't go to Union. I
2: think there's a very good chance they get very few players. Because, okay, you're Suali'i
1: and you're Union. So you're Union. And let's say after this World Cup, everything's happened, they make some drastic decisions. Why are we spending $1.5 million on Suali'i? It literally does nothing for us. It's going to make, yeah, he's a little bit of a star, but in the long term, not really going to do that much for us. Maybe he's the catalyst that changes everything. Maybe he's that good, I don't know. And then elite side, he can get a million dollars at another NRL club. He can stay in the game, build his profile, that it's gonna be worth more than the... So let's say he loses $1.5 million over three years. The brand exposure that he would get as a superstar in league will be worth $1.5 million over three years. time. I mean, you could fill that with sponsors easy with a guy like Suali'i. Big, tall, athletic, handsome, like every, every, he has everything to be superstar. Um, the, the mid to late 2000s,
0: you'd just be terrified and just seeing all these NRL players make the switch to rugby union. As like league diehards, you'd hate it. Mm. But you knew they were coming at times. I think I was 10 or 11 years old when Sonny Bill woke up one morning back home and flicked on Fox Sports News and he was on a plane to Toulon. I'm just like, I remember crying. I was so <laughs> devastated. I seriously did. And I, it was on the plane over there like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. And then nowadays it's like, mm, sweet, go. Okay. Well, you're almost we go. like,
1: good luck, bro. Yeah. Cheers to you. We'll yeah. see you in three years. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it a smarter business decision for Soorley to stay in league? It, it, it might be. It honestly might be. Like, imagine, let's say this continues as it is. We have a Home World Cup. We get dusted and bounced out in the, in the rounds. That's the – I don't know if it will be, but if we're not at the, the rock bottom and the death of union, could you imagine a Home World Cup where we get bounced out in the, the group stages?
0: Oh. Big four years for them Oh Big four mate years.
1: You Like I think it's It's almost They're in survival mode right now mm. The decisions they make Could very well Predict whether they do survive As a game In That's as a, a tough thing level. as
2: well Like in four Like it's pretty much The young guys that have come Into this World Cup now They don't know anything else But the Wallabies sucking yeah. I grew up with the Wallabies Being entertaining Fun yeah. to watch the, the nation would all Get around them It hasn't been like that For 20 years
1: I think they've been let down This whole squad's been let down By decisions above them I really really do i, I And again, that's outside looking in, but it just looks like some of the decisions that are made are just, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on from it, guys. As I said, please, if you are deep in Rugby Union, let us know what your thoughts are, where we've got it wrong, or where you think we could change our opinions. Uh, Because at the end of the day, I think all four of us want the Wallabies to win, and we Mm. want Rugby Union to succeed. I do anyway.
2: In some ways, mate, you could call the World Cup a success because Benny Donaldson carved up Georgia. So that's all we (laughs) (laughs) need. yeah.